Welcome in to the newest edition of the Just In Time Sports Podcast. I am your host, Justin Jackson. In this week's episode, we'll be talking about the NFL and what's going on there. We will touch on the NCAA tournament as we are in March Madness. We will have our MLB and we will finish with the NBA. Now, as always, don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe to the Just In Time Sports Podcast on iTunes and Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And also, do not forget to follow the social media handle at JTimeSports. That is on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. I repeat, at JTimeSports. Now, I hope you guys sit back and get ready to learn something. As you guys heard, we have new music in. Uh, shout out Gabe Johnson, uh, actually part of the family uh, out of Houston. Uh, shout out him for the music. And the last music, too, was also him. Uh, so big shout out to him. Follow him on all social media. Uh, Gabe Johnson Gaming, I believe is his handle. Um, so follow all social media related to him. But huge shout out to him for the music. If you guys like it, like I said, get at me uh, or get at him. And I can definitely pass along his information rather. Um, but absolutely uh, spectacular music. But I have missed you guys. I'm just going to start off with that. Straight up, I'm just going to start off with that. I have missed you guys. Um, it's been two, three weeks uh, since we our last podcast. A lot has happened in my life. I've been, I've gotten married. Um, so congratulations to me on that front. Um, I have gotten married. It's been a great uh, few weeks. Like I said, I have um, not so happened to me, but I missed you guys. Like I said, it's time for us to get back to what we do best, which is talking about sports and sharing you guys information. And you guys, you know, message me and stuff like that. So it's always really cool. Comment on my posts, etc. Um, but let's get down to business. The NFL never takes a break. Honestly, the NFL never takes a break. I honestly expected to leave with a lot of NBA, to leave with a lot of NCAA tournament, um, to leave with a lot of things. Major League Baseball is going through their situation. A lot of things that are not the NFL. And what am I going to leave with? The NFL. As, of course, you know, guys know yesterday, the blockbuster trade over a year in the making was completed. Deshaun Watson elected to waive his no trade clause uh, for the Cleveland Browns. And therefore, the Cleveland Browns were able to acquire Deshaun Watson for five draft picks, including three firsts, um, a second, and a fourth, I believe. So, with that being said, the Cleveland Browns, in my opinion, are the favorite to win the AFC North because simply you took one of the best rosters in the in the conference in the league, um, and you ch- presto changeo Baker Mayfield into Deshaun Watson, and you lose no current players on your roster. That is an all-time move uh, by Jimmy Haslam, Andrew Barry, and the rest of that crew in Cleveland. That's an absolute spectacular move. Great move by Houston. You know, you have a guy with a no-trade clause. Therefore, if Deshaun Watson would have stated, oh, yeah, I'm only going to wherever. 
like for instance he ultimately picks the cleveland browns it, it is a great job by the houston texans to get so much back for a guy who you know is only going to play in one location um they end up getting three first round picks i believe like i said a fourth round pick and maybe a future fifth or something of nature but they end up pull back five threes uh five free throws rather including three in the first round absolutely big haul for deshaun watson and the haul got even bigger for deshaun when deshaun agreed in principle uh, it's not signed yet but agreed in principle to the cleveland browns offer uh which was five years 230 million dollars fully guaranteed um $230 million is the most guaranteed money ever by uh, by a contract in the NFL. I believe the previous record was 160 something. Uh, Deshaun Watson went clear over, he was $230 million. And then, like I said, the, the catch 22 in the whole situation was he, he got it fully guaranteed. So it could change the way economics is done, especially at the top of the cream of the crop in the position because they're going to want to have the ability to cut you. Therefore, they're not going to want to agree. This is a large um, contracts such as uh, these guys are presenting. So if you look at Deshaun Watson, yes, he hasn't played in over two years. We haven't played over a year. Um, yes, he still has 22 allegations out against me. However, the nine in which the criminal court, those cases were deemed not credible enough to go to a trial. Um, and therefore, he would not face any criminal charges. Now, I was told by a very reliable source in January that Watson only has really and truly one case him and his representatives are kind of worried about. And then it's, in fact, the women's lawyer um, who campaigned for governor at one point is actually his idea that um, I said governor might have been mayor, but it's actually his idea to. He's fighting basically to keep the cases quiet. From what I was told, there out of the 22 accusations, and Jesus, I mean, 22 accusations is a lot. There was only one accusation that Deshaun Watson's camp was worried about. Um, and so that was the one they were kind of worried about. Now, I don't know who that person is. Obviously, I didn't get that much information, but they were worried about one case. Um, which gives credence to why the nine cases that were in court were dismissed. Um, because maybe the one decided to not press criminal, decided to go civil. Um, but, you know, and, and the Cleveland Browns are getting a lot of backlash from this decision. As you see, a lot of the women, especially in women media, um, were talking about how it was a really poor decision and how they can't believe that somebody with 22 accusations could be getting a raise and all this stuff. And, and I don't think that's fair. I'm going to put myself out on a limb here. I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's fair that allegations, albeit 22, um, allegations to stop someone from advancing their career. Deshaun Watson was never suspended last season by the NFL. Um, he ultimately did not play because he put in a trade request, and the Texans decided to hold him out due to allegations plus the trade request. They decided to ultimately hold him out, but at no point he was ever suspended. And so far throughout the legal system, he has been proven innocent. Um, due to lack of evidence. Um, that's a situation that is ongoing. If, if the evidence were to come out, I'm, I'm sure he'll be suspended at least a little bit by the NFL due to the fact of, um, you know, contract detrimental. Usually the NFL suspends you for optics, basically. They'll suspend you. 
Um, but I don't see it being a lengthy suspension at all unless something were to change. You know, if out of 22 accusations, 18 win something in civil court, okay, that could be, you know, a lengthy suspension. But um, as it sits right now, as it sits right now, we um, we can't stop Deshaun Watson's career for allegations. I think that's I think that's improper of us um, as media and as fans. We can't stop Deshaun Watson's career because of that. So, uh, due to this and because of that situation, I'm off my soapbox now. Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns agreed to a five-year, $230 million fully guaranteed deal. And from what I've been reading, from what I've been told, that was the decider. <coughs> Ultimately, excuse me, that was the decider. Was that Carolina, Cleveland was out because the reports came out that he wanted to play in the South. Well, Cleveland's on freaking Lake Erie, so that rules Cleveland out. But then Cleveland... Um, never stopped hunting, never stopped pursuing, even though they were told they were out. Carolina ends up being out because Carolina could not guarantee year four and year five of the contract, or even year four. This ultimately was a big deciding factor because Carolina currently is paying Sam Donald. They're paying P.J. Walker. Cam Newton may still be in the fold for them. And so they um, they could not guarantee Watson the last two years. Carolina's out. So it came down to New Orleans and Atlanta. Again, from what I've been told, New Orleans was in the front running seat. New Orleans wanted to guarantee year four, not guarantee year five. So if it's going to be and not necessarily redo his entire deal, how Cleveland ultimately did. Just his current deal from Houston, guarantee year four of it, uh, maybe restructure a little bit in terms of adding void year, et cetera, to uh, adding void, et cetera, in order to bring the cap number down. Um and things of that nature, but they were not necessarily willing to tear it up and redo the deal, but Watson was leaning towards New Orleans. Better situation, more stable organization, because it was going to be a bevy of draft picks, <laughs> excuse me, because uh, it's going to be a bevy of draft picks, there was going to be no, um, you know, he's going to have Alvin Kamara, he was going to have um, Michael Thomas, he's going to have the rest of that roster, that defense, really good defense in New Orleans, he was going to have that on his side, and so weaker division. Atlanta and Carolina both would be folding. Tampa would be on the challenge. Tampa's defense good. Brady's fits. It, it was looking like a good spot for him. NFC weaker quarterback conference by far. We're going to get into that a little later. Um, it was going to be a good situation for him. And then Cleveland came in with the offer of a lifetime. I mean, you can't pass that up. Cleveland, not only were they going to rip up his current contract, they were going to fully guarantee the new, the new version. And that Something you can't rip up. They even finessed the contract a little bit where they dropped his base salary for next season to $1 million, which I believe by NFL rules, that's the only thing the NFL can take from him is the $1 million via suspension. Um, and so he's still going to get 99% of his money. Um, and so that was a big situation for him. Cleveland worked well with him and his agent. And ultimately, he decided to waive his no trade clause for Cleveland. And he's heading to the Browns. Um which almost the Browns had to do this because of the Baker Mayfield situation. So when Deshaun Watson and or with Cleveland rather made it such a big deal, made it such an obvious thing they were going for Deshaun Watson, this apparently and presumably and probably correctly pissed off Baker Mayfield. Um, and because of which he decided that, you know what? I'm out. You guys don't want me. I'm not going to be anyone's second option. I want to, I request a trade. I'm out. Um, this were this request was denied. Cleveland said they weren't going to honor Baker Mayfield's request. Like, we still got you in the contract. 
We got you on the team control for the next three, four seasons, especially with um, franchise tags, et cetera, et cetera. We're not gonna trade you. Well, the 12 hours later, a day later, bet Chashawn Watson pits Cleveland. Now the Cleveland Browns gonna honor Baker Mayfield's trade request. Um, and I get what Baker was saying. Baker was like, look, the relationship's damaged. I gave him all to the fan, gave him all to the city, but you want me out. At this point, I want out. I was gonna be, no, get me out of here. Um, and so it's gonna be interesting to see where Baker Mayfield lands. We're looking at a lot of situations. But look around the NFL. Who needs a quarterback? Now, this quarterback class is not strong, but he can't go to Carolina because they'd be in the same mess that um, that they're in currently. Sam Donald's on an option. Baker Mayfield's in his class. So you'd be paying $40 million, basically, for an average quarterback play or slightly above average quarterback play. You can't do that. Um, so, therefore, that changes what you're going to do. Um, if you look at other situations okay let's talk about other situations so now let's go to seattle baker do you want to go to seattle that's not a good spot um reportedly when he requested his trade it came out not too long after that that he looked at indy as the spot he wanted to go well indianapolis wants a quarterback in the room or wants an adult in the room that was the report that cleveland wanted him out because they're an adult baker would be in the exact same situation they want an adult in the room um that was something that Jim Ursay didn't love from Carson Wentz was that he could be a little sporadic at times, was that he could be a little, you know, jittery at times. So he moved him on to the Commanders. So I think the Commanders are going to be a great team in the NFC East. We'll talk about that, I'm sure, later, close to the season. But why, if I'm going to move on from sporadic, slightly sporadic, not always cool, calm, and collected Carson Wentz to even more sporadic and normally not cool comic collector baker mayfield that doesn't seem like a good spot for baker um now could it happen sure yeah it could happen especially if indy's willing to offer a couple of players and some picks it could happen but i just don't think that um baker's going uh, to do that especially with baker being having to be paid after this season so if you were to have a situation where baker goes out there plays well they win a the division baker's gonna want a big money contract are you willing to pay Baker Mayfield $40 million? I'm not. So if, if that hurts his trade value as well, is that he's not on a rookie deal. I mean, he's on it, but it's just last year, basically, of team control. And then he has to get into franchise money area or long-term contract extension area. Um, and so I am not in that position if I'm Indianapolis to make that move. 49ers have a situation of their own. Jimmy G has to get moved. Atlanta may have pissed off Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan um, may request to get moved because he may be upset. Now, if they restructure his contract, add two years onto it, you know, go three years, $100 million, you know, one of those, I'm going to retire here for the rest of my life moments. All right. They all come back and mend the fences. But he, I mean, I'm sure he could feel the type of way too. So there's not many spots. Minnesota just tied himself to Kirk Cousins further. You know, there's not many spots that the um, Cleveland Browns could move Baker Mayfield. They're going to try and get draft picks back. Again, you move three firsts, a second, and a third for Deshaun Watson. You're going to try and get some of that back in a Baker Mayfield trade. Um, I don't know. Again, I don't know where you'd move them. Again, Indies jumps out at me. Seattle jumps out. Houston obviously said no because Houston didn't want him, want him in the trade. They prefer the draft picks to build around Davis Mills. 
Or is it going to be the next quarterback? Um, the Commanders have Carson Wentz. The Eagles like Jalen Hurts. I don't think they're going to move on Baker Mayfield. Like, there's not many options for Baker out there. It could be Seattle. Could be his option. I, I, I think Indianapolis would be in more of the Matt Ryan. New Orleans is out there. New Orleans is out there. Maybe maybe the Saints do it. But I think it'd be in Seattle. Um, and then Jimmy G would be the would be the quarterback that either a uh, Indianapolis or New Orleans goes after. Um, one of those teams that's pretty well put together. Just need the quarterback to come in there and try and win games. And I think that'll be the situation for them. Um, that's pretty much how I see that going. Um, so absolutely huge news in the, in the AFC North. And you would think a team acquire a division acquiring guys like Mitchell Trubisky, uh, Deshaun Watson, moving on from a Baker Mayfield would all be, you know, the the situation that is the biggest. And instead, it is not that at all, because the AFC West decided to have a Pro Bowl on their own uh, Pro Bowl on their own division. Absolutely, AFC West is loaded. The AFC West is the single most loaded division I have ever seen in my life. The AFC West to me was already, I think I had them the second best. Um, behind the NFC West, I had the AFC West behind the NFC West. I said, remember I said last year on the podcast, that the West is the best. The best two divisions easily in the NFL are the West ones. Um, and I still think that I think it's just flipped around now because I think that the NFC, AFC West has passed the NFC West to do to Seattle, um, clearly being the fourth best team now or the eighth best team out of the group. And I think the AFC West, then the NFC West is the best divisions, but the AFC West, my God, Russell Wilson and Randy Gregory are Denver Broncos. Um, Chandler Jones and Devontae Adams are Las Vegas Raiders. J.C. Jackson and Khalil Mack are Los Angeles Chargers, and the Kansas City Chiefs retain most of their team, and they picked up Juju Smith-Schuster from the Steelers. Um, some of those contract numbers, Chandler Jones, $17 million a year. Khalil Mack, $17.5 million a year. Um, J.C. Jackson, eight, five years, $82.5. Um, Devontae Adams with the biggest non-quarterback deal in history, five years, one forty-one. If memory serves me correctly, um, absolutely spectacular uh, what the AFC West did. And you look at a lot of those GMs, you know, you know most of their names. You know Brett Veach is a GM of the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, you know a situation where, um, I said Brett Veach is the GM of the Chiefs. Tom Telesco with the GM of the Chargers. We spoke about this last also season two. You know these GMs. Like the Rams got a deal with Matt Stafford done uh, just a few minutes ago. Um, four years, 160 million with 135 guaranteed. Um, Tom Telesco. Now this podcast come out Sunday morning, so who knows what may happen by the time this podcast comes out. But as it sits right now, you know these GMs are making moves. You have to with that division in both in the West. You have to make a move. Um, you saw what the Rams were doing. The Rams brought in um, Allen Robinson, three years, forty million. If memory serves me correctly, they bring in Allen Robinson. They bring Allen Robinson, resign, um, resign Matt Stafford. They still have the money for Odell Beckham. 
Oh, they lost Von Miller to Buffalo, six years, $120 million. <laughs> if you excuse me, if you look at it, that's basically a three-year contract because uh, it's guaranteed like half of it. So the three years is gonna be really what the contract is, and then they'll either release some restructure it or something after the three years runs out. He retires. He'll be entering 33. He'll be entering 36 then. Maybe he just flat out retires. Um, but the AFC, the NFC, AFC West rather. It's coming up for blood, man. At first, I thought the, I was like, oh, man, the Raiders are going to be left out in the cold. And then they go add Chandler Jones and Devontae Adams in about 72 hours. Um, so even they decided to bow up. Remember, the Raiders made it out the playoffs for that division last year. The Chargers didn't make it. The Chiefs made it. The Raiders made it. And the Broncos didn't make it. So the Broncos added Russell Wilson, the biggest addition, obviously. And then you pick up... Um, um, you pick up... Oh, man, Randy Gregory to help your defense out. And then you, in turn, Raiders decide, okay, well, we're going to pick up our two. Chargers get there, two. Chiefs get Juju Smith-Schuster. Makes it an absolutely insane uh, arms race was happening in the, NFC, in the AFC West, rather. And it's fun to watch. Um, it's, it's, it's absolutely spectacular. Um, and just a lot of... And to wrap this NFL topic up, a lot of great talent is still left on the board. I know I didn't touch on everybody. Um, you know, people made moves. Patriots made a couple of small moves. Ty Montgomery uh, was a Patriot move. The Saints made a couple of small moves. No one's making any block. The Buffalo Bills uh, bowed up. They got Shaq Lawson back and Khalil Mack. So they've decided to try and fix their defense. Um, and, of course, they'll get Trey White, Trey White back from injury because he obviously was hurt and didn't even get an opportunity to play the last half of the season. So he'll be back. Um, of course, you get Josh Allen another year. They did release Cole Beasley, but a lot of talent left. I'd be very interested to see how this goes. Darius Smith was originally committed to the Baltimore Ravens to the point where they had edits, and was kind of tragic about it. Was the NFL Twitter page tweeted out, "Oh, you don't think Buffalo's happy to have Darius Smith back with a young Darius Smith because he was drafted by the Ravens? A young Darius Smith, obviously, his Ravens jersey." I get the NFL alert, and then I get right after that. Ian Rappaport, I believe, um, reports, breaks the news that Zedarius Smith backs out of his commitment with the Ravens. Um, so that was pretty funny. Um, and so he's still out there, obviously. Tyron Matthews still out there because the Chiefs signed Justin Houston, I want to say his name, from the Houston Texans. If that's if it's not Justin Houston, I'm sorry. Justin Reed, I'm sorry. Uh, from the Houston Texans to a deal was pretty much all but releases Tyron Matthew. I mean, he was afraid anyway, but it all but releases uh, Tyron Matthew. Um, he was, Tyron Matthew was never offered a contract per report, so he didn't have the opportunity to go back to KC, but he's going to be very well suited. Um, Darius Smith, obviously still a free agent. Because you might know his commitment. Lyle Collins was released by the Cowboys. He's taking visits. Uh, Cincinnati is the only confirmed visit I have for him so far. That would be Huge for the Bengals. They've already picked up a couple offensive linemen. So adding another one, a starter, another starting quality offensive lineman, that'd be three. So they had two they had two good offensive linemen, right? Oh, there's still, well, two good ones, one okay, one and two. Yeah. The two tackles were good. The center was okay. Okay to good. He was on the bottom of good. And then the guards were tragic. They picked up a tackle and a guard. So you as you kick one of the tackles inside. And if they add like a Collins, that's three starting level offensive linemen, plus your two good offensive linemen, and your pretty solid center. You've got six good offensive linemen, or a pretty good offensive line on a team really only missing an offensive line. 
Um, and so he's he's done that visit. You got Cole Beasley was released by Buffalo. I mentioned that he's still out there. Julio Jones was released by the Tennessee Titans. He's still out there. Jarvis Landry was released by the Cleveland Browns. He's still out there. Obviously, Odell Beckham with uh, coming off his knee surgery and the Super Bowl victory. He's still out there. And that's not even all of them. Star uh Lely. He's still out there. Um and then of course, you know, fringe level players, guys who may or may not be back in the league, they're still out there as well. Um Jacoby Brissett has signed with the Cleveland Browns because he was still out there for a while. Um Carlos Dunlap, he was released. He's still out there. Larry Ogunjobi had a three-year, $40 million deal with the Chicago Bears. That was his physical. They pulled the offer, so he's still out there. Uh, but that situation could be complicated by the fact that um, he did fail his physical. So that situation could be complicated one. Um, definitely there. Um, trying to see anybody else. Follow my Twitter page, Instagram page, man. I've been all over this stuff. Danny Trevathan is still out there. So, you know, it's a lot of good talent. Eric Flowers is still out there. So, a lot of good talent. Carl Nassib is still out there. Um, like I said, a lot of talent out there still for teams to pick up. So, this would be very interesting. Brian Bulaga, he, he's a free agent as well. Um, um, man, Brian Bulaga is still there as well. Uh, Teron Armstead has not been signed. The good tackle for the Saints, he's not been signed as well. So lots and lots of good talent still out there um, for GMs to fill in their teams. If you're very interested in this goes. Again, follow Justin Time Sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I've been rolling on that. Uh, keeping you guys updated as possible. All of it in one place instead of having to follow 15 people to get this one information. It's all in one place. Um, so definitely follow that. Turn your post notifications on as I'm constantly rolling stuff out. Um, even crossing over sports, which we're going to get into, excuse me, a little later. But up next, we're going to shift to the NCAA tournament and talk about what is going down there. Welcome back into the show. I uh, hope you guys enjoy the NFL talk. Um, it's not often that, you know, we get so much news at once. Um, it was an absolutely spectacular segment. You should really get a check on that. But, but we are jumping into the NCAA tournament. Uh, on, on the men's side, we're going to touch on the women's side a little bit. Uh, but we're going to uh, talk about the men's side. So, um, there were 17 million, 17.1 million brackets submitted to the ESPN Tournament Challenge. None of them survived the first 32 games, um, which usually is not the case. Usually, someone <laughs> escapes the first weekend. Usually, somebody. Somebody somewhere escapes the first weekend. It might be. You know, 10 people left, but uh, someone escapes the first weekend, and that was not the case 
at all. All 17.1 million brackets busted. Uh, the last bracket actually had LSU, um, my Tigers, defeating Iowa State, and that did not happen. Sadly for me, it was a rough dinner. Um, it's going to be honest with you. It was a rough situation to watch. Um, God, we couldn't throw a brick in the ocean if he stood in a boat. But, hey, it happens. But all the team main bracket busted. Um, I'm actually right now at 97% on the official Justin Times sports bracket. Um, I'm at 97.1% on my, like I said, my official Justin Times sports bracket. So I have Auburn winning the championship. I think Jabari Smith's the best player in the country. And that's pretty much how I did it. Um, I did it basically saying who was the best player in the country and how could I get them there? Like, so it came out to a lot of switches. And I looked at, okay, Gonzaga. Gonzaga never wins. Like I like Chet Holmgren. They just never win. And I don't know what happens. They just, they just don't win. Um, so it's a very interesting concept because, well, they never win. Um, they had the game last year, fall to UCLA. Or no, they beat UCLA, they fall to Baylor. After hitting a crazy shot to beat UCLA, Jalen Sloak's the half-court bank-in shot. He beat UCLA, didn't get to that point. Um, they've had some pretty great teams in Spokane, and they just never seem to put it together in order for them to win. Um, and so that's kind of where they are now. They had a pretty, they have a pretty good team. Drew Timmy's back, obviously. Chet Holmgren. Presumably the number one overall pick in the draft. Um, if he's not one, he's two. If he's not two, he's three. And I don't see him getting. I don't see him being three. I think Chad be number one pick in the draft. I don't think he's the best player in the country. Um, I think it's Jabari Smith at Auburn. But like I said, Holmgren's the number one pick in the draft. You got Drew Timmy. You got great guard play. Obviously, Mark Few's a hell of a coach. Um, so that being said, there's no reason why Gonzaga can't win. I just don't. I just don't personally see it. Um, I could be wrong. I don't think so. Like, I, I, I think it's like a monk. I could be wrong now. But I don't think so. I just don't see how I'm wrong here. Now, they're a pretty good. Now, they're a very good basketball team. If they won, I'll eat crow. I'll come on the show. I'll admit it. I'll admit it publicly. Um, but I don't see them winning. It's just me. I don't see it. Um... But there's no clear favorite. My Auburn favorites holding my Auburn predictions holding strong. I think again, I think Jabari Smith's the best player in the country. Um, considering he goes to Auburn, so he goes to Auburn, he goes to LSU instead of Auburn. LSU could possibly have been on the one line or the two line because LSU all they needed all season was a consistent bucket getter. They had nobody on the team that can consistently get a bucket by themselves. Uh, Darius Days kind of has to be set up. Um. Xavier Pinson's not really an absolute scorer per se. Gaines is hot and cold. Muhammad Wilkerson's shot goes in and out. Eason's a consistent scorer, but he's off the bench. They had nobody in that starting lineup that could consistently go get 20, go get 25, 30 when you need it. Jabari Smith can do that. He does it for Auburn. When they need a 30-point game by them, he goes gets 30. You couple that with their excellent guard play. Bruce Pearl's coaching his tail off. Um, and you have got... Um, Walker Kessler blocking seven shots a game. They're a great basketball team. I said I got Auburn winning the NCAA on the uh, men's side. Definitely have them winning. Um, I, like I said, and that falls on Jabari Smith's shoulders. That's the reason I picked him to win. I tell you, he's the best player in the country. 
No clear favorite. This feels very reminiscent to Carmelo through his run. That was no clear favorite when Carmelo number one. They came out. They won. Melo was the best player in the, in the country. Bam. He was the best player in the country, not named LeBron James. Still LeBron James at St. Vincent, St. Mary. Carmelo Anthony carries Syracuse a title. There's no clear-cut favorite in the, in, in, in the NCAA. Baylor fell today to North Carolina. That was a lot of people's uh, pick. Trendy pick was Baylor. Doing, going to the repeats. Really hard to repeat. That asks you to be 12-0. It's not like the NBA where you could lose and lose some games in a series and have a hard-fought seven-game series and survive. Like You have to go 12-0. You have to win six games. You have to win 12 games in a row to win two titles, and that's one one mess up anywhere, and you don't win the second title. And so they did it today. Went behind by 25. I don't think the game gets close. I like I like Carolina a lot, too. So if you hear me say we, it's because I'm talking about Carolina. I don't think the game gets close. Uh, Brady Manic gets a BS ejection, and the game turns. Um, it was a 25-point lead for Carolina. He gets ejected in the second half. It goes into overtime. So the game turned very, very quickly on the hands of, uh, of Manic ejection. Definitely, I do mean definitely, a bunch of crap uh, there. But it is what it is. North Carolina survives. So Baylor's out. So one of the one seeds are out. That brackets are wide open. That Carolina team is dangerous. Um, they blew out Marquette and were blowing out Baylor. Like I said, until Manic goes down and then the tide turns. Um, if Baycott, the big fella Baycott makes his free throw, the game doesn't go to overtime, but you know, it's just, it's just a lot, man. That Carolina team is really, really good. That's a really wide open, um, really wide open region. Carolina's got a good shot at it. Um, and so a lot of the. Uh, brackets a lot over. Like I said, no favorite. I'm going to go with Auburn. Now, on the women's side, um, I'm not doing as well, admittedly, on the women's side. Um, my bracket, um, I'm at 95.2% on the women's side. I'm at 97.1% on the men's side, although I'm still doing well on the men's side. I mean, on the women's side, rather. Um, I have UConn winning. I have UConn winning because I think they have the best player in the country, Paige Beckers. Um, if she's healthy, that's a very dangerous team. The only reason why UConn is not on the one line is because Paige got hurt during the season. And so UConn suffered some L's they would not have taken had she was if she was there. But um They you know suffered some loss to her as he Fudd was trying to get her legs under her. So they suffered uh, um a couple losses they would not have normally suffered. But there's some interesting games going on on the women's side of things. Um, Kentucky, who won the SEC title, beating South Carolina in the title game, lost to Yale today. Um, not Yale, Harvard, rather. They lost to Harvard today. Um, they lost to the 11 seed Harvard. That's a major upset. Princeton, sorry. <laughs> Picked every Ivy League school but the right one. Princeton, um, they lost to them today. Um... LSU's currently in a dogfight with Jackson State, uh, which is very interesting because LSU's hosting these games. So they're in a dogfight with Jackson State. It's a very cool quirk. I like that the uh, female bracket does. The top four seeds host the first round in little, like, baby brackets. So, like, yes, it's all the Spokane region, but, like, LSU's hosting the three and the four. So the three, the, the three game and the four game are in Baton Rouge. And then the one seed and the, and the two seed are playing in Stanford. 
you know and so it's like it's, it's little baby brackets which is kind of cool um because the first initial round is hosted on somebody's home floor i'm pretty sure that's to help with attendance and things like that and then um the second the second round of course goes to i think more of a traditional regional set um but it is absolutely spectacular what's going on in the ncaa both tournaments have been great so far um both tournaments have been absolutely amazing and so keep it up men and women uh loving the accommodations the women are getting they're a lot more equal to the men than years past their swag bags look identical finally uh the women can finally use the phrase march madness at first men, the women why was i doing it? it was march madness and then the women's instead of a tournament so now both tournaments are under the brand of March Madness. Um, it's it's amazing the accommodations the women's side of things are getting, especially when you have a women basketball situation in Brittany Griner. Um, we're, we're not gonna touch on that specifically, but she's in Russia. Obviously, you guys know, or may have not know, but she's in Russia right now, detained on some charges. Um, she she did the act, but she's been detained on some charges under, um, and she's been used as her fame and stuff like that. So. They hidden or there, excuse me. Um, but great job for the women uh NCAA to start treating these women athletes like the elite athletes that they are. Um, so really great for that. But again, my two championship winners are Auburn on the men's side, Yukon on the women's side. Um, so that would be my two picks. Um, but up next we're going to shift to major league baseball and talk about what's going down with in the diamond. Welcome back into the show, and now we are going to talk about Major League Baseball as they got their life together. I know the last time we talked, they were negotiating, um, <coughs> excuse me, lockout part four, it feels like, in recent years, um, but they were negotiating, trying to get the schedule back, trying to save 162 games. Obviously, if you got 162 games, you do not have to worry about negotiating in terms of salary reductions, etc. Um, obviously, fans will be in the stands, so you don't have to worry about that necessarily. But, you know, the owners are the owners. And then the union is the union. So, you're dealing with one of the strongest um, unions in the... Um, dealing with, the, to me, the strongest union in professional sports. And then you're dealing with an ownership group about as tight-knit as you can get it. Um in regards to the major league baseball owners those guys band together they're all uber rich as all ownerships are and so they know they have a tangible product and that tangible product is the game and availability to play um that's one thing the owners tend to win in these negotiation battles um is because they know if you're going to play professionally in a sport you have to do it on their stadiums on their fields and their leagues uh, you're going to have to do it on their terms, on their dime. And so they have an advantage in ownership, but the players union fights back. Like I said, very, very aggressively, the players union fights back in Major League Baseball. Um, and so some big moves happened 
um, since they've opened up trading and free agency, obviously they came to an agreement. They were able to save 162 games. They're gonna play all nine inning games, even double headers. They will play nine innings, instead of, <coughs> excuse me, instead of the seven innings that they were doing previously. They are going to do nine innings all season, 162 games. Um, opening day was delayed three, four weeks, but they're gonna still finish on time because again, they're gonna play double headers when necessary. Um, and so, like I said, we're going to go through quickly, run through some of the big moves that has happened. Um, Matt Olson has gone to the Atlanta Braves. Um, big move there from the Oakland Athletics, if I remember saying that correctly. He was signed with the Athletic Braves. Uh, Jesse Winter has gone to the Sierra Mariners. That is big for them. Seattle is not necessarily known for making big moves in free agency. Um, the last, obviously, I mean, they had Robinson Cano, they had Alex Rodriguez, but they've ne- they haven't done anything. They really they didn't have, they drafted a rod they lost they had the griffey situation seattle's not really known for pulling the trigger on free agents as trades so it was big for them to get jesse winker uh chris bryant most notably of the chicago bears uh the chicago cubs rather has decided to move on and he signed with the colorado rockies um freddie freeman has gone to the los angeles dodgers and Carlos Correa has gone to the Minnesota Twins um, with a very unique contract that includes the opt-out, <coughs> excuse me, after every season. So do I, I don't think Carlos Correa sits on the Twins very long. He lived in Houston for years, um, state taxes. I just think that he had to get away from Houston. I do believe that happened, that he had to get away from Houston. Um, all the players pretty much besides Jose Altuve and Alex Bregman that were connected to the um, trash can cheating scandal decided to all of them have left the Astros pretty much. Uh, they got away from the team as far as possible. And so that was how they went down. I don't think Korea sticks in Minnesota very long. It is what it is. But the thing I want to hinge on is Freddie Freeman to the Dodgers. Now, this was huge. The Dodgers thought that... Um, I mean, Freddie, a lot of people, fans thought that Freddie Freeman was going to end up on Tampa Bay. Yankees came up, obviously, when there's a big fine for agent. The Yankees come up um, and go into the Dodgers. I'm going to say this now. I said it before last season. I'm going to say it again. The Dodgers have the greatest lineup I've ever seen. I'm only 24, turning 25 in a couple months. The Dodgers have the greatest batting lineup I have ever seen. Out of the nine projected starters, they have eight X All Stars. Um, that is absolutely a humongous, uh, humongous. That's just ridiculous. I, I mean, it's, it's hard for me to even grasp eight All Stars and nine man units. That is honestly ridiculous. Um, there are eight whole hitters. Presumably, it's going to be an all-star. And when they have the cross conferences, all eight of their hitters will be former all-stars. Um, absolutely insane. It's just ridiculous. I mean, it is, it is just a ridiculous situation. What's happening um, for the Los Angeles Dodgers? They've got to fix their bullpen. Um, they lost their closer. Kelly Jansen moved on, I think, to the Braves. Uh, they lost their closer, but they're going to have to get their um, 
pitching situation figured out, specifically a starting lineup. Like I said, now they're closer because Jensen moved on. Um, so they're going to have to figure that out. But they, it, it's an all-time absolutely crazy lineup for the Dodgers. Um, anytime you have a lineup like that, you are going to have a spectacular um, season. So they can get solid pitching. If they can get solid pitching, they are going to be a very, very dominant team. Um, so huge shout out to them. Uh, that is going to be an absolutely great team. Um, so, wow, to the Dodgers. I mean, literally all of my friends, especially that knows baseball, all said at the same time, like, wow, um, to the Dodgers. So, huge moves out of the MLB. Um, but now we're going to shift to our last segment. We're going to be talking about the NBA and what's going down there. Welcome into our final segment of the first show we've had in a few weeks. Again, I'm recording this Saturday, late Saturday afternoon, early Saturday evening. We'll come out Sunday morning. Uh, so, of course, you guys here to be Sunday morning, obviously. Um, but now we are going to jump into the NBA. And as it sits right now, these are the standings right now. Something may change. Not many games are played today, but uh, something may change. Not many important games, I should say, are in play today. Um, but Miami Heat and out east got the Heat, the Bucks, the 76ers, the Celtics, the Bulls, the Cavs, the Raptors, the Nets, the Hawks, and the Hornets. And then out west, you have the Sun, the Grizzlies, the Warriors, the Jazz, the Mavericks, the Nuggets, the Timberwolves, Clippers, Lakers, and then the Pelicans are holding down the 10 seed which is the all-important last spot to get into the play-in tournament. Now, we're not going to spend a lot of time on the NBA. Uh, they're roaring towards the end of the season, about three weeks left into the regular season. But some things of note, I'm sure, is going to be you know talked about. For instance, the MVP. Right now, my MVP is Joel Embiid. Unless he gets hurt and misses the last three weeks, Joel Embiid is my most valuable player of the NBA. Um, he would have won it last year. He suffered an injury. Um, and lost, unfortunately, uh, a good chunk of the year. Made matters worse on his behalf was that uh, the team was still the number one seed um, without him. With with him missing a vast majority of the game, the team was still the number one seed. And so, you know, it went to Nikola Jokic, which is understandable. Jokic had an amazing year. Jokic had a great year this year. But I just think Joel Embiid, coupled with the fact that he didn't have a co-star for most of the year, he picked up James Harden. James Harden has not played all that great for the most part. Um, and Embiid still having a great year. That showcases the fact that Embiid is the most valuable player in the NBA this season, and he deserves the MVP award. Um, my defensive player of the year, to me, is Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, analytically, the Bucks are just a completely and totally different team. He's off the floor. You can make a case, kind of make a case for Joel Embiid here, but I think it's Giannis. Um, I, I'm going to go with Giannis here with my DPOI. I don't really have an opinion on uh, much of the rest of it. Coach of the year. Coach of the year is Monty Williams. 
Um, because right now, or Ronnie Williams or Dave Yeager. David Yeager of the Memphis Grizzlies has a hell of a case because they're 13 and 1 or something like that, minus uh, John Morant. So huge, huge for them. So I think Dave Yeager probably be coach of the year. Um, but the Lakers got a big win, huge win last night. Now, will that translate, or Friday night rather, will that translate to multiple wins, excuse me, to catching the Clippers potentially, to. Um, you know, but like I said, which is the catch in the Clippers getting away from the 9-10 and getting into the 7-8 situation where they could possibly end up being the 7 seed instead of being the 8 seed. Uh, having to win one game instead of two, um, you know, that could be huge for them. So they are trying to battle that. Russell Westbrook had a great game, 22-10-10, hit the game-tying shot to send into overtime, made four his seven threes. Um, <coughs> excuse me. LeBron James had a, a LeBron James game. Uh, it was LeBron in Toronto. So what did you expect? LeBronto was in full of force. Um, and so that was going on there. Um, you look at the Brooklyn Nets. Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. So funny to watch them play. They're taking turns. So because Kyrie Irving is ineligible for like half the games, thanks to COVID protocols. And of course, the New York City mayor has decided that they will remain in place indefinitely. Um, when Kyrie's on the floor, KD takes a massive step back, a humongous step back. When Kyrie isn't, when Kyrie is not on the floor, Kevin Durant is the aggressor. Um, and Kevin Durant is the person that is trying to score 50 because he doesn't have Ben Simmons yet. Who's done with some kind of back problem. He took an epidural on the back. They're hoping he can get a couple of regular season games in and then play in the tournament. Or even play well in the tournament, play in the playoffs. Watching this away tournament, uh, play in the playoffs, um, but with the team in order to give them a at minimum a two-headed punch and a maximum three-headed punch when Kyrie Irving is eligible uh, to have three legitimate All Stars. So that is something that they are trying to get done with him. But when Kevin Durant is by himself, he's the aggressor. He's the aggressive scorer. He put up 38 points on 15 shots. So even when he's quote-unquote aggressive, he doesn't have the 25, 30 shot attempts. You may see from a LeBron James, he'll get 15 to 20 shots and end up with 35, 40 points. You know, free throw line being his best friend. The free throw three-point line being his best friend. Um, so that is what's going down. The Boston Celtics were in 10th uh, like a month and a half ago. They have climbed all the way up to 4th. Huge for them. Uh, the Chicago Bulls luster has fallen off. They've gone from uh, the first seed for a good vast majority of the year. They're in the fifth seed, which is about where I said they were where, where they were talent-wise. I had them actually sixth because I had or seventh even. Or I had them sixth because I had them behind Brooklyn as well. Where Brooklyn due to COVID and injuries have been falling down. Um, a team to watch out for, I think that is sneaky dangerous, is my New Orleans Pelicans. And Yes, I'm a New Orleans Pelicans fan, but I think that team is dangerous. Do I think Zion Williamson plays this year? I do not. Although I went there in person, I was really close. I was on the fifth row. I found the photo of him. He looked smaller. And the photo was not the best photo ever. He looks smaller. He looks about, if I had to guess his weight, about 275. Uh, he was 285 when he entered the NBA. I think he's about 275 right now. Of course, that, ben, that Bill Simmons report came out saying he was down 24 pounds. And I said down 24 pounds from what? Down 24 pounds from 285, which will make him 261, 260. Or down 24 pounds from 310, which would make him 286. 
um, what down 24 or 5 pounds is he? If I had to guess, I would guess he's about 270. Um, I would guess he's about 270 pounds, and that would be where he currently is. And if he's that, the Pelicans have a chance, especially if you get on the floor. Brandon Ingram and TJ McCollum is a top 10 duo in, in, in the NBA. Argue with whoever you want. Add Zion Williamson in. They're one of the five best big threes in the country. And five big threes in the world. Um, and so that is definitely what is um, occurring in the NBA. You look at the Lakers. They're on Anthony Davis' watch. That is a very dangerous team. If Russell Westbrook has finally clicked it, not necessarily the shooting. The shooting is not on like that. But the efficiency and the way he played the game against the Washington Wizards or the Toronto Raptors, I'm sorry. If he plays like that in terms of the efficiency, in terms of decision-making, he played with most of the game. If he can continue to do that, LeBron's LeBron, Anthony Davis to Anthony Davis, that's still a title-level team. That's still a team that could end up the 8th seed and going into Phoenix. Similar situation as last year. Now with a healthy Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook playing semi-mostly efficient, and LeBron being LeBron. The best player it would be on the Lakers. The second best player would be on the Lakers. And the fourth best player would be on the Lakers because Chris Paul has a broken hand. Who knows how he'll be when he comes back. He might come back right at the start of the playoffs. You look at the Golden State Warriors. They're vulnerable because Steph Curry has the ankle, thanks to Marcus Smart. He may come back right at the start of the playoffs. That's He's going to be out of shape. Maybe he's out of rhythm. The West got blown wide open. It's going to be very interesting. Steph Curry's injured. Chris Paul's injured. Anthony Davis is potentially on the mend. Um, not too far away from recovering. And so there is a lot happening uh, for the uh, Western Conference and the East. Of course, the East is open. You look at Miami. They don't have a superstar. You know, in the playoffs, you need a superstar to win games. Miami doesn't necessarily have one. Uh, Giannis is Giannis. So there's that. Um, you know, so the Bucks have a shot. 76ers, Harden. Do look at Harden. He's not a playoff performer. Embiid's body usually fails at some point. Doc Rivers is not the greatest playoff coach either. Um, the Boston Celtics, Taste Jason Tatum. Is he ready to elevate that squad to a title contention situation? Um, the Chicago Bulls, I don't think they have a high enough ranking star. The best player on their team is DeMar DeRozan. I don't think he's top 10 in the NBA. You need a top 10 player in the NBA to win a title. Cleveland's too young. Brooklyn has a COVID situation. I mean, there's so many on both sides. Anything can happen. The, could the Pelicans get to the Western Conference Finals? It's possible. Zion behind CJ McCollum J J with uh, Herb Jones, who should be a defensive rookie of the year. I know it's not a thing, but if there was a thing, it would be him. And then Jonas Valanciunas, top five center in the NBA. They could definitely be, um, they could definitely make some noise in the Western Conference. So all over the place. Um, so was I this episode. Uh, I absolutely great to have you guys back with me. We were going to switch up the format a little bit. I thought I was going to have to do more stories instead of more sports specific. But they ended up not being the case. Because thanks to um, the NFL providing so much content, I was able to not have to do that. So, um, huge for them, um, to do that. And so, um, absolutely spectacular. I'm so glad to be doing this again. I'm excited to be back. We're going to be back to doing these things fairly regularly. I will not promise every week. Um, 
but it will be back to being fairly regularly. That is definitely for sure. But I hope you guys have a great rest of your weekend. I uh, hope you guys get your week started off right by listening to the Justin Time Sports Podcast. Again, um, share with your friends, like, rate, and subscribe to at JTime Sports. Uh, follow that on social media for your breaking news and updates. And I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. This is your host, Justin Jackson, signing out.